Welcome to Read the Room, a conversation of a show about relationships and how to do them better. See, relationships, wherever they're found in health, are the best part, the sweet spot, the through line of joy in life we have to hold to. How we care about each other in the tangible here and now, how we choose to see a room and the people in it matters. And we're going to talk about it. Because if you ask me, we have some unhealthy relational rhythms we could shake if we only had the resources. So welcome to your resource of a show. Shall we? Kavanaugh James. Yes, ma'am. Not to be confused with James Kavanaugh. Not to be confused, although I am every day since I can remember, legitimately every day someone calls me James. I can attest to this. I've only been friends with you for what, like a year now? and the Longer um, than that. My how time flies when you're having a good time with a new friend, huh? Oh, yeah. Or I when you're hitting, y'all didn't see this, but I'm going <laughs> to fill you in. Courtney did just hit her head on a light and that was enjoyable for me. I'm glad you're okay. You're laughing through it. So I, I know that you're okay. Oh, that was funny. It's enjoyable for what me. What a I, way to start this hour. What a way to go. This Hopefully hour? Hopefully we're not talking for an hour. I don't know where that came from. You think we'll be here an from. hour? I hope not. Okay. Rewind. Yeah. Okay. Kavanaugh James. Mm. We're doing this episode because I feel like you owe us an explanation. You owe the people an explanation. Wow, stop slamming your fists on the table in front of me. It's really Jerry Maguire of you. I need to know <laughs> where have you been for the last, what, three, four years? Mm-hmm. And I... That chronological timeline is all based off of when you fell off of Instagram for me because I was... (laughs) Fell off or stepped off. Okay, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) But for someone who didn't know you at the time, and I would say I was a fan constantly sharing if Reels and TikTok were a thing, then oh my gosh, you would have been the it guy. But I was a fan constantly sharing your videos. Can you give the listeners context for anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I would do these. I think when Instagram first came out with a video feature, it was like 15 seconds. And to be honest, I feel like my sense of humor has maybe been a little off center most of my life. And so things that I found funny, maybe not people directly right around me would find as funny. And so I don't know when the video app or the video option came on, I was like, I'm going to make some things that I think are funny that aren't like dirty, that don't make people cringe when they watch that are kind of encouraging. And let's see if I can do that in 15 seconds. And so it started there. And then, you know, they added another 15 and then it became a minute. And then it was a minute of me trying to like crack as many jokes, give some like insight, give some encouragement, a challenge, maybe, maybe slap you on the wrist if you needed it that day. And then like send you out on your way. And I love doing that. Like, I actually really love encouraging people. I love making them laugh. I love producing content. I do not like the pressure to do that and keep that up on a day-to-day basis with no paycheck attached. And to be honest, it was like going into the pandemic. You know, I was out in L.A. when that good old fun time started and ended up quarantining with some of my best buds. And it was like a time that I felt like the world stopped as we all experienced it stopped. It was like a reevaluation time. And I was in quarantine still doing those videos and waking up going, I have no idea like what my job's going to look like after this ends. I have no idea what anybody's life is going to look like. And is the trajectory I've set for myself actually where I want to go? And the truth is, as much as I enjoy humor and encouraging people in bite-sized bits like that, it's a lot of work too. And it's a lot of work for no pay. And then whenever people experience you, they actually just want to experience the version of you they got on Instagram. 
And to be real, I am someone who is prone to a bit of depression, who is prone to a bit of just like melancholy from time to time. And I don't actually feel up to like bring that kind of funny on a day-to-day basis, nor do I think that we're necessarily meant to be made to. So that was really kind of why I stepped off. And that paired with the vitriol of social media at the time just was like a really clean exit for me. I said, you know what? I don't need to be in this conversation because I actually don't agree with how anybody's talking right now. And so I needed to take some time away and actually refocus on what I wanted to build for my life, which this show, Read the Room, is a part of that, as is You and Me Media, the company that you and I have been privileged to build together. And there are a few other things kind of coming down the pike, but I needed a few years to kind of stop the ship moving in the direction that it was going to reorient it and go where I needed it to go. And what better way to do that than just to never post again? (laughs) I was like, did he die? No, well, I would. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not the most subtle of people and I also don't feel the need to over explain. Yeah, you don't feel the obligation, which you shouldn't. No, this is just me being a very selfish fan. No, you're not selfish. In all, in all honesty, it makes me, I don't know, it still it makes me really happy to hear that I was able to like give you a laugh at any point in life. So I still love doing that. And I hope that this show is going to be a different kind of format, a different context to be able to laugh with me, just not cut down to a minute to where it's all laughs, you know? So what makes right now the right time to reemerge? Like what? And it's not like you're, you actually were in hiding or anything. Oh no, I've like, been hibernating for the last three years, like a grizzly. You didn't know that? I was trying to beat around the bush. No, but I've been like, in Yellowstone Park. <laughs> <laughs> so why now? Why come back now? It's time. I think I, you know, I've, I've been kind of building to this section of my life where it's like this business that I have my hands on is kind of getting its sea legs. And then a creative project that I have my hands on is getting, you know, some legs of its own. And I think they're going to walk together. And the truth is, is that I think it took me a while to actually fine tune and really kind of bottle up what I felt like I was supposed to, what I'm supposed to bring period as a person. I think that the space that I'm really, really interested in is in selfless awareness. We talk about self-awareness and an awareness of ourself. I find that it's highly more potent to be aware of other people than you are yourself. It's more effective in your own life. It's actually more beneficial for you to first be aware of where you are. I definitely think we need to know ourselves. I'm not trying to excuse any bit of that. But I do think that we have overly prioritized ourselves, And I think that the last couple of years were almost like the canary in the mine shaft of selfishness. It's like, okay, so now the world's gone to crap is how, you know, a lot of people feel. And we're dealing with this and that and everybody's mad. So I'm just going to fight for myself regardless of anything else. And so I think the timing is right because I need to go in the opposite direction of where I feel like we're culturally headed, which is to a bad place where we're only focused on ourselves. I'm most passionate about relationships in my life. That's the thing that I would spend my time doing if I had unlimited resources. I would just travel to be with people I love and to support them doing the things that they're about. However, I find that a lot of people I love and a lot of people that I see kind of working toward their dreams, working toward the things in their life they want to see accomplished, they don't see a tie-in to how they treat people, and they don't see a tie-in to their selfishness or a tie-in to actually what they contribute. And so I think the timing's right because millennials, our age group, are kind of coming into a new era of leadership, and we're all at different places in career, different places in our life and our families. 
And I would like to kind of just raise my hand and go, hey, we're a generation that's actually seen a lot. We've lived a lot. Let's not forget that we're the important part, people. Like the way we do relationship with each other, the way I talk to you, the way I make you feel in a conversation and after I've left the room, that matters more than me getting what I want. And so to me, it's just prescient timing of like, I don't need to tell you that we live in a selfish world, do I? Like, I think we exist in it. We all see it. So that's why it's the right timing. I'm like, we're talking about selfishness. You can listen to, or you can turn on the radio and hear any top 40 song telling you to go and get what you want, get your man, get your thing, have what you want now. And I'm over here going like, hey, have you thought about the other people in the room? Have you thought about how we could like raise the thermostat for everyone? Have you thought about how you loving another person beyond yourself doesn't cost you? It actually only increases you and your equity in that room, in that relationship. I don't know if that answers you. More than answers my question. I feel like I just, I mean, that was beautiful. (laughs) You should, you should have a show. I should do this. You should have a podcast. Okay, good, 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 good. So it's not like you've actually been hibernating for the last four years, though. Like, you've done some really cool things. I've heard, seen, kind of had the the background view of what you've been doing in the last year. Mm-hmm. Let everyone know, like, what's some of the projects? It's hard to brag on yourself, so, like, I get it. But I will say, like, I've heard these sidebar conversations. Like, you have your hand in some really cool things. What mm-hmm. are some of the things that you've been doing? What's kind of been the theme of your work life in the last year or so? Yeah. So I would say the last couple of years, consulting opened up and it wasn't something that I had kind of seen for myself, but I do build relationship. I do love stewarding relationship. And so a lot of opportunity just came from that because I I love a few organizations. They were in need to have someone come in and look at some things. And so I've done that for a few people. And I've also served as a relational coach for some people who found themselves kind of in stagnant places in their lives. So I was doing one-on-one coaching and then I'd be going in and meetings and having marketing meetings and talking to teams about actual project development and rollout plans and then giving recommendations. And because, you know, I kind of live in a lot of spaces, it's not like I am maybe the digital marketing expert that you have, but I know how that piece plays into all of the others. And so I can kind of speak from a comprehensive level. And that wasn't something I ever really saw for myself. Didn't think that that's a space I'd be in. But I really do love people. I love organizations running healthily. And not speaking to power in checking power, but speaking to power from a place of I genuinely love an organization. I love a leadership. And I want these things to be done as best they can. And I care about that more than I care about walking on eggshells around you in honesty. And I found the more I'm able to be honest and upfront with what I see and sense and how I see pieces working together and whether it's dealing with hiring, which was a fun thing. I was brought in and spoke to hiring and reorganizing of a whole group of people. And that was awesome. It was great to be able to actually like sit in the room and interview a ton of different people and kind of gain insight of where everybody was working and how it could flow together. And then at the end of it, be able to go and sit with authority and actually say, no, this is what I see and I'm willing to stand by it. But that's not something you talk about on Instagram, right? <laughs> like That's not a funny one minute clip of, you know, going in and having hard conversations and sticky ones and tricky ones. But that's kind of the space that I live in, in the day to day. 
that's something that started when I was in my 20s and I never thought was going to be a vocation where people, you know, would just kind of call and want me to speak into something that they were going through. And now it's something that I'm seeing as an actual part of what I do. Well, I think so many people think they call it how it is. Like mm. I've heard so many people say, well, I just say it how it is. You're just rude. That's yeah. what <laughs> you do that in such a good way. Like you really do know how to read the room. You know how to talk to people. You know how to care about people, but also do it in complete truth and honesty. And I think it's something that I wish I had more of. I'm sure so many people do. And I'm sure so many people think they do that well, mm. but they just really don't. And one thing about you that I've seen in the last year or so that we've couple years that we've been friends now is the consistency in the relationships that you have with people. Like when you bring them around and the honesty that you're sharing in conversations with those people, I get to witness mm. and they're hard conversations. Like you are doing exactly what you just described. You're telling the truth. You're being honest. I see this and you shouldn't be doing this. Mm -hmm. And then they're still your best friend the next day. Yeah. You know, you have cultivated these relationships in your life that are built on truth and honesty, mm -hmm. which is why I'm so excited for your show. Well, and I want people to have like a real clear understanding that I don't think I am the pro. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm coming at the conversation still really learning myself. Now, yes, these are uh, the things that I talk about and where we're going are, are places I've traversed. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm definitely doing a little bit of, hey, I've seen this. So let's actually take a different way. But the truth is, is that I'm still figuring out unhealth in my own life and I'm still having to uproot it. And I don't think that that's ever going to change. And if you actually believe that you are done, <laughs> you know, processing, I feel like that's when you get the kind of correction that comes with that shard of glass on the other side that you're like, Ooh, why did that, why am I bleeding? It's like when I am hoping to share something honest that actually helps move you forward in a certain way, I am doing it fully knowing that I have my own hot mess issues. Like I'm not pointing a microscope on one thing in you that I am not willing to address in myself. So there is like an open-handed dialogue that I do require in friendship. I mean, that's a real thing. I mean, you talk about Instagram time. I, I hate to go back. I mean, that's not like glory days at all. But, you know, the thing in comment that I would get all the time from people was that like, oh, my goodness, you're like my best friend. Will you please be my best friend? Will you be my friend? Will you be my friend? And I every time someone would say that I go, now be careful what you ask for, <laughs> because I require full honesty both ways. And I'm not one of these people who thinks like you go into a relationship and you just keep the expectations on the floor and anything above that is great. That's wonderful. If you are going to walk through life and not expect anything from anyone. And that is probably like the purest, wonderful way. There's also a really healthy way where you communicate expectations and you set realistic ones, right? It's not an unhealthy expectation. If you and I are meeting for lunch at noon, I say, hey, Courtney, if you're going to be more than 15 minutes late, do you mind just letting me know so that I'm not sitting there looking like a fool? That is not a crazy expectation, right? And for me to set that in place isn't wrong. <laughs> it's not unhealthy or selfish for me to be like, hey, do you mind just communicating? But so many people will not communicate expectations. They'll not communicate needs or wants in a relationship, what they're looking for, what they really need to be challenged in or how someone can meet them. And then they get really mad when that person doesn't what? read their mind. Like there are so many breakdowns I see day to day and even in businesses and the way we actually function together that are based in people not willing to just sit down and be honest. 
the thing that I'm hoping to bring to this conversation that we'll have, you know, continuing is that I can be really honest and I can have you be really honest and you can be honest to me and we can sit in discomfort and that isn't going to push me out of the room. I'm a big boy. (laughs) I can sit in discomfort. And I think that sometimes we're more afraid of discomfort than we are looking for what the honesty and the discomfort can bring. And to me, I'm like, no, 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 we're going to a good place. So I, I can stand in that tension and hold the discomfort while I hold your eye contact too and go, no, 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 I love you. This isn't bad. We can deal with this. No, let's deal with this. Let's look at this. Yeah, that's a really gnarly behavior. But we can actually shave it and we can actually uproot it and we can cut it out. And it doesn't have to stay with us. And this is what it looks like to move away from that into a healthier way of being. It's not threatening. If someone who really loves you sits down and wants to have a conversation like that with you, you'll welcome it. And that's the thing is like, I welcome that with people I trust. I'm hoping to be someone people can trust to do that in their own lives. Maybe just even on a third party level listening to this show. So by the time this episode airs, a few will have already come out. Mm. No, I'm excited. It's going to be great. It's It's going to be be great. great. And they are so good. I've had the honor of getting to hear them. They're going to be so good. But what do you want to see throughout the rest of this season or the rest of your show? Like, what's your hope that when people sit down and listen, what are they walking away with? Well, first, I hope that people are able to take a breath. That's that's the first and foremost thing. I think that listening in on a conversation allows you a reprieve from yourself and your own thoughts. So I just want people to first be able to, you know, that's the first thing. Then the second thing I'd love for people to do is like to look at the conversation like a buffet table, okay? And on this buffet table, there are going to be conversational items that are put out there. There might be a conversational tuna casserole that comes out and you're like, oof, I don't ever like tuna. And that's fine. Leave the tuna casserole over there. Then there might be a baguette over here with some cheese, and it's a fun little conversational tidbit. And that thing actually has a little bit of encouragement in it. Okay, that thing actually speaks to your life. Then pick that up. Pick up the principle that meets you where you are. This isn't a thing where I'm hoping people sit down with a pen and paper and take notes and are like challenged, you know. But I find that the times I'm challenged most, the times that I grow the most are literally when I'm getting to be a fly on the wall. Because any change, anything that we want to like take on in our life, take on in our life of health is something that we actively have to choose, right? So the action of listening and not being made to force something on yourself and choosing to take it on is a very powerful thing that we do with our brains and our hearts, our spirits. So I'm hoping that people will listen and go, oh, I needed that. Oh, they're talking about people who are unaware of themselves in conversations and how they can steamroll over another person's story. I realized that last week there was a friend who shut down when I did that, and I didn't know what it was until I heard this conversation. Now I get it. They didn't have the language to be able to tell me that they don't want to spend as much time with me because they don't feel like I hear them. I can listen to this conversation and learn from it and actually reprieve myself of this same issue in other relationships, even possibly go back to that person and go, I had no idea what I was doing. But can I tell you, I was listening to this podcast the other day. And then that's when you say this great, great podcast, read the room. And they showed me just in having a conversation that I actually missed it with you. Can you forgive me? I I want it to be a fun time that you're able to come and laugh and then like leave with a to-go bag of the things that you liked most. You know, when I go to a restaurant and they're like, you want to take all this? Most of the time, it's not everything, but the egg roll is going to come with me. 
You know what I'm saying? The fried rice, that's in my refrigerator. And that's what I want for people to have when they listen to the show. You know, just their fried rice to go, as it were. Any L.A. recommendations on the fried rice? Boo, 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 boo. Well, no, I don't want to see anybody at any of my L.A. racks. Oh, okay. <laughs> Noted. So you like no, relationships, <laughs> just not just only certain ones. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm kidding. It's more so that I don't like to wait. Right. So I've noticed with other places and I don't hold myself responsible. I think that I'm just always kind of in the food wave. Right. I do like food. I enjoy it quite a bit. So when there's a place that's kind of about to pop off, that's normally when I feel like I start talking about it. And then everybody shows up and I'm like, well, look what I did. You are such a trendsetter. I'm so important, Courtney. If there's anything you can get out of this, it's that I'm very clearly joking, please. I can't handle people not understanding sarcasm. Okay, but I mean, sarcasm is a funny thing because I have of recent like become really good friends with you. <laughs> yeah, friend, you become fluent. Our friend Natalie Martin, who yes. is also part of our business. And, and we love you. And we love her so much. But between the two of you, my it's sarcasm, like the, the amount of sarcasm that I experience <laughs> has gone up. And therefore, I'm now more sarcastic with other people. Oh. And so I realize like, Oh, not everyone. Contextual, contextual, Courtney. Yes, not everyone really likes to be spoken to this way. It's true. But part of me wonders, is this a geographical thing? Because like, it's really my Texas friends that I'm saying something to and they're just like, wait, what? I'm like, no, clearly I'm joking. Like, do you feel like that, that there's some sarcasm, like difference across the country? Is this a geographical like experience? I think it's global. I mean, not to be like that person, but it really is global. It's, it is contextual. Yes. You and I both grew up in, in Southern church culture and it's definitely not the most welcome, you know, conversational tool maybe in most places. But then I've noticed the more friends that I have on the east side of the world, you know, in Asia specifically, sarcasm does not land. And it is a thing that has been so funny to navigate because it is, like you said, such a part of how I communicate. And those who I love really, really well get my best work. And and there have been several times that I found myself just really offending people over something that, you know, would just literally I'd get an eye roll for, you know, from any other friend like, oh, yeah, he would say that. And not real offense. I'm not I'm not talking about there haven't been meetings or anything like that. Just this unaware thing that I've had to work through. As we've said, this is called read the room. (laughs) I have had to learn there are places my sarcasm is appropriate and there are relationships that can handle it and enjoy it and feel loved through it. And there are other places that it doesn't need to be invited as much. I I think I see it as a little bit of an icebreaker. I have Mm. seen it that way and just realize that I can't just assume that that's a good icebreaker. Right. That everybody has, has that. Yeah. Has that it's, it's, I wanted to say an intonation because it almost is like when you're talking, you have to be able to hear it's a tonal thing for me. Like, I don't know. You can hear, we mentioned our friend, Natalie, very specific tone when she's going into a sarcastic something. And I don't know. I feel like that's that's the same for all of us. But you can't just assume because you know what assuming does. You know, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll say it. Shall I say it? You should say it. It makes an ass out of you and me. OK, so looking at this show for the future, I'm not going to ask you to name drop. Thank you. 
But mm. what are the types of people that we can expect to see on the show? Like when you go to make your guest list, what kind of names are you looking for? It, well, first, it's not names. I'm looking for people I really respect. So that's like the through line is that I'm hoping this is going to be a place where I can introduce you to qualities of people. Maybe you know them. Maybe you don't. Maybe it's someone famous that you just watched on a TV show last night, or maybe it's someone who I've loved for 10 or 15 years and you know nothing about, and they actually work as a receptionist. But the truth is, is that they are the absolute best receptionist you've ever met. And I want to pull out the qualities that have made them thrive where they are. It's about the fact that like principles that actually sustain healthy relationships help move us forward in our careers, help move us forward in life are not specific to an industry or pursuit. So I'm really fascinated in having people of every sort on. I don't look at notoriety or fame in the way that other people do. To be quite honest, I I love I love it. I think it's it's awesome for people. It just doesn't add to my bucket for how I care for someone or how I value them, right? So I'm not going to be having people on just because they're a name, but the value that I put on a person who doesn't star on a network television show and the value I put on someone who does are going to be the same because my value is in how they choose to treat people and that's why they're on the show. But their fields and what they do, it's going to be across the board, but that's what's going to make it so interesting. Well, this has been so fun getting to talk through this journey that led us to this, <laughs> this point. This journey. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now I've got it from here. Now listen, read the room is going to drop every Friday. Okay. So come back here and you will find me and an awesome guest. We're going to be having a great conversation. I'm hoping there are going to be some things that you can actually take with you into your daily life that are going to help you. And you're going to laugh a bit while you do it. So just come on with it. Oh, you know what? I actually do have something to add to the end of this. Oh, okay. If you are listening to the show and you love it as much as I know you do, please leave a great review and five stars. Ooh. Five stars only. <laughs> Don't be that person that leaves less than a five-star rating on a show. Any show, not just cap show. Any show, just don't be that person. Write that down on a post-it, stick it on your refrigerator, live by it. So review, five stars, and share this with someone that you know will love it just as much as you do. Hey, thanks, Courtney. It's almost like you, you know, read the room. I'm getting good at this. <laughs> well, good. Look, come back here. Y'all know where to find me. <laughs> <laughs>